0: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to the Rangers Review Afternoon Briefing today uh, with myself Derek Clark and I'm delighted to say we're joined across the pond by Ali Bain. How are we getting on Ali?
1: Oh, brilliant thanks mate. I apologise to everyone for holding everyone up. It's a uh, silly
0: time difference. Keep everybody waiting this morning but, uh, but thankfully we've got a wee bit to talk about today right? Yeah, we certainly do. We'll talk about the uh, the press conference that Michael Beale has just given ahead of the game on Sunday. Lots of comments coming in already, uh, having a go at me for the time delay. Uh, NM <laughs> says, uh, "What's the delay? Is Derek making TikToks?" Not yet. Uh, that'll be done a little later on. Uh, Andy Davies says, uh, "Is Derek doing a jobby?" Um, <laughs> um, absolutely not. Um i <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I need to apologise as well. Gredo got in touch with me earlier on uh, and said, where, where, where's the morning briefing? Uh, he's, he's, he's a regular watcher. Um, so apologies to, to Gredo as well. We're on this afternoon for um, uh, sort of one time only, uh, if you like, uh, myself and Ali. It's great to have him on. Um, right, let's, people are tuning in, Ali, because people want to talk all things Rangers And some interesting takeaways uh, from Michael Beale's press conference. But before we touch on that, um, I've not spoken to you since Monday's uh, 2-2 draw with Celtic. Um, What did you make of it? Was it an opportunity? uh, Lost it at the end, I'd imagine. But obviously Kyogo equalising it late on. Where does that leave the title race for you? Um I'll be bonus, mate, was I I left the game very frustrated.
1: Um the start of the match, obviously first half, I really, really feared the worst. Um it felt like we were, you know, doing our best to try and keep ahead head out of our water. Um and then obviously it was that 10-50 minute period of the second half, right? Where everything just sort of came to life and and, and fell for us. So I'll bonus, I think if we, you know, looking at it sort of coldly, if we would have won the game, it maybe be the... Uh, made people feel a little bit better for a short period of time, I think, and maybe mask some of the realities of, of perhaps what's needed in the squad right now. But, you know, you want to win these games, right, regardless of the title race and how things sort of work out moving forward. I think, to be honest with you, mate, it's probably that gap's, you know, a little bit too hard to, to bridge right now, even with those victories. Um, the way that Celtic sort of steamroller most teams in the league right now, that's really the part that needs to change, I think, for us to really... Um, you know, make up that ground. But I think, you know, the, the big takeaways really are for us, right, that the team's going in the right direction. They clearly buy into the manager. They're clearly playing for him now, which is something that perhaps couldn't have been said before. Um, so you add that as a sort of starting base, then, you know, who knows what's going forward. It's only hopefully
0: good things can happen from it or come from it rather Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, uh, and of course, congratulations to uh, Michael Beale, who has been uh, announced as the uh, uh, has been awarded the manager of the month uh, for December after uh, guiding Rangers to four wins out of four. Not a bad start whatsoever. What have you made of his start, Ali? I mean, he was mightily close to making it five out of five on Monday, uh, but have you been impressed so far with the work that he's carried out?
1: Very. Um, and also so, again, just based on the circumstances easy to walk into. Um, you know, when you think about it as a manager, you're you're preparing yourself for a football exercise, right? You're coming in with these fresh ideas. What's training going to look like? What's the what's the game model going to look like on a weekend? What's my strategy going to be? What's the scouting? And then you walk into the room and all of a sudden you've got to deal with, you know, 20, upwards of 25, 30 adults, whether it be players and staff, and all of a sudden you're now in charge of that, right? You're now in charge of their feelings, you're in charge of their preparation, what they're they're doing on a daily basis, you're in charge of discipline. It's very, very quickly turns into a a management experience like no other. Um, So for sure, this is going to be a massive step up in expectations for him, just again, based on the differences of the club. And I know he's been here before, but he didn't have to sit front and centre in front of you boys asking questions before every and after every game. So now he does. There's that added pressure. Um, and I guess the sort of underlying piece to all this, mate, is is that he wants to do well, right? He's he's here to prove himself. He's not got that 10, 15 years worth of career that he can point to and say, Well, here's here's my body of work. He's creating it right now. Um, so the fact that he's he's got management month and his his first month is certainly a positive, right? you got you've got to take a lot from yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, right, let's talk about his press conference. Then uh, you can find this on our website, folks. What I'll do is I'll stick the link in the comment section, um, so you can have a read at it. It's just popped uh, pop there on the website. We've just finished transcribing it. Um, lots to take away uh, as ever with Michael Beal's press conferences. Um, firstly, Ali, uh, it was interestingly that, that um, he touched on uh, the VR that the hysteria surrounding. Uh, a decision not to give Celtic a penalty in the Old Firm match, uh, despite the IFAB rules stating that the officials were correct. Um, Michael Beale was asked about this. Uh, he says, uh, on VR, he says, uh, we all wanted it, now we've got it, and we're not sure if we want it or not. I think that's where we're at. At the time, I didn't see it till the, after the game, so I wasn't sure at the time whether it was or wasn't. I seen one player for them appeal for it, not everybody, and then you read the law, and the law says one thing, and it's how that law is then perceived. The officials on the day perceived it a certain way. I thought, actually, John, meaning John Beaton and the officials that were there, had a good game. For an old firm game, I thought they managed the game really well. He didn't bank. Cards out early. I thought it was a cracking game. Two teams went head to head for the full 90 minutes. And I thought John and the other officials managed the game very well. I actually thought when the game ended, there's always some things that you go for or for against you. But when you read the rule, it seems like they got it to the letter. Uh, And then he touched on about the the handball. The handballs, I suppose, a whole of world football is a little bit unsure at times. But when you see what's actually written, then I think they got the decision Right. Um, it's, uh, that's it for me, Ali. I think but um, the, the, the rule is the rule, um, but for some, uh, they just uh, can't accept uh, said rule. Uh, it's the typical uh, goldfish bowl of Glasgow, I guess. And, and if a decision doesn't go a certain team's way, then you you'll get a, a, a few grumblings and a bit of hysteria coming off the back of that.
1: Yeah, listen, you do, mate, and it's you know it's, it's ad nauseum now where we're really scraping the barrel. Uh, or certainly there's people in the media scraping the barrel to try and make a story out of it. I guess what I was most pleased about is that he didn't comment on the comments. If you know what I mean, he didn't start going down the road of, well, did you see what this gene said and all the rest of it? Cause yeah. I think when you start getting into that, you know, getting upset by those things or certainly commenting on things that could potentially upset you, you're falling into the trap, right? As a manager, you're now taking the bait um, because they want to, you know, give life to something and, and, Perhaps comment on that this is getting to him and all those type of things. So I think the fact that he's he's commented on it so I guess so succinctly, you know, real sort of deadpan, hey, this is what it is. This, you know, obviously when it doesn't go again, you know, let's say it was a Celtic um defender's hand that it hit, you know, this is going to be the test now. Is it can he still keep his calm in those situations where a penalty perhaps didn't go for for Rangers? That's gonna be the test moving forward. But yeah I mate mean, it's 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 unfortunate that um you know we've still got a media at large that still loves this controversy still loves these added on sort fake stories and don't really talk about the football piece but ever um you know
0: it's always been that way right unfortunately yeah yeah, it certainly has. I don't see it ending anytime soon. Let's touch on some other uh, points that he made. Like I mentioned, that there's so much, so much fallout from these press conferences these days. He backed Alfredo Morelos, which I wanted to touch on, Ali. Um, uh, Graham gets in touch the afternoon, Graham. He says, uh, What about Beale backing defending Alfie? Uh, more inclined to, to stay, do you think? I'll just read uh, about what he said about um, that Morelos. He says, uh, well, he was asked, have you been disappointed with the criticism of Alfredo? He says, I don't read it all. I sense it. And all I can do is go off his energy here in the building His situation is not ideal as well. If people want to go for him about his form, but I see a different boy inside. I'm probably the only person other than him who knows what he's going through physically at the moment to get himself fit and sustain fit because he's playing with one or two knocks. Alfredo's a big boy. He's been taking this for three or four years now. I actually think it's quite tame compared to how it was when I first came to Scotland. Um, He's come in for a bit of criticism, Ali, Um, not just uh, after Monday. I thought, well, This is my take on it. First half, he had a howler. uh, Much improved in the second half. Beal touched on this in the post-match press conference. He has been playing with Knox. He has more to give. There's no question about it. Uh, But for some fans, uh, they would like to see the back of him this month. Where do you stand on Morelos in in, in today's comments? I think we have to separate um,
1: a couple of different scenarios, right? The start of the season, um, the situation with Broncos, obviously the two of them must have fallen out, whether it be... um, how quickly he got back into training, his attitude off the field, you know, I guess the lifestyle he's been leading. I think that's separate to this one. And, and the reason why I think it's separate is that there was obviously a, a disconnect just in personalities between him and the last manager. So that probably impacted his ability to get on the field at the start of the season, which sort of leads into the problems we're having now where there's a lack of match sharpness. I mean, he's, he's played enough, right? And you, you think he's been training at a, decent enough level that he should be able to perform. I think with that now though, we've then got this injuries factor where he's um, you know, we're looking for him to be the main man. We're looking for him to play every game now that Beal's back. And I certainly I think that's what he wants. But his body's just not letting him play at that level. So they're having to manage his minutes until such times we can get another striker in, back fit and obviously rotate through it. Um I'll bonus mate, I think it's a bit of a, you know, relationship of of needs right now. We need him and he needs us, right? He needs to play. I mean, he's in a spot where obviously he's out of contract. And, you know, a lot of people look at that, that it's just on a player's side. It's not. It's not a guarantee that somebody's just going to come in and and pick him up. You know, it might get to the end of the year before someone does that. Conversely, we need a guy who's going to score goals and we're paying him well enough right now. It's not like we're, you know, doing him a favour by putting him on the field. We need him to score goals as well. So I think while... Well, that's certainly the case. We need to we need to manage this correctly because I, I think if Beal's going to go down the road of just you know bombing him out of the team and keeping him out, that might be okay in this one scenario if we've decided we're going to move him on. But that says to other players that okay, I could do this to you in the future, and perhaps as a, a potential layer for um, players entering the last year of their contract and, and not want to hang around. So I don't know. I, personally speaking, mate, I, I I certainly fall on the, the side of if he does choose to leave the club or we choose to move him on, I don't think I'll lose a massive amount of sleep over it. I think there's enough strikers out there that we can come in and replace him. Um, But if he's willing to, you know, if he's willing to really graft for the cause and and, and really get after it this season, then I don't, I don't see why not. If we, if we, you know, he's certainly got a future there. It's just, it goes down to the the brass tacks of money, right? Is it, is it worth um, the, the money we're paying him every week to do that? And, you know,
0: Right now, I'm not so sure that's the case. No, uh, I certainly wouldn't be offering him a, a new contract at, at this stage, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, getting rid of him in January is is, is is the best option, unless they get a substantial offer or they can mm. find someone of similar ilk. Ryan Kent's in the same boat, alley with regards to uh, a big player, a big asset that's out of contract in the summer. Where, where would you stand on that um, about... Um, maybe seeing if he would extend his deal would you be more keen at seeing him uh, stay past the the summertime? well listen he's a really talented
1: boy and and this i guess is the biggest head scratcher right is that you know people's opinion of him change based on the scoreline half the time it's not necessarily mm. on his performances you know' we're, we're quick to um we're quick to chastise him when he doesn't score but then you know in a game that he does all of a sudden he's the you know, next thing, of Brian Lowzer, you know, so I think we need to be sort of careful with players like this, that we don't lionize them as being, well, if he leaves, that's it, the game's over. Like, you know, they're very replaceable boys like him, but at the same time, we know his potential, right? And we know what he's capable of. So clearly you would want that in about your your club, clearly given his history with the the, um, the manager and the club as well, you, you'd want to keep that around. I guess mm. it's the same way it falls in Morelos, mate, is, is, You know, can we afford to keep him if we're improving his contract? Can we afford to really bump up his wages, knowing that we're what we're going to get out of him? Um, And then the add on to that is is that the knock on effect does that affect three or four other players that are going to be walking into the dress in the manager's room and saying, Well, I want a better contract now because he's got one? So that's the again, go back to what I said at the start that's the piece about management where it's not about the football anymore, it's you're managing people. Um, And certainly if like I say, he seems the type of boy who would would want to stay at the club and would want to stay around because you know, the fans love him and the, the staff clearly love him. Uh, but it might be time, mate, for a new challenge. You might want to go and play in England somewhere,
0: you know, maybe at a championship level, work his way up, maybe a lower-end Premier League. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of comments coming in with regards to that. Uh, Ranger Dubai gets in touch. Uh, Kent is not replaceable. He has a unique role, and Beale puts a lot of trust into him to play a free role. Uh, I, I've got to say, he looks uh, reinvigorated, uh, Ali. He was pigeonholed over in, in the left wing under, under Van Bronckhorst. He's obviously been afforded that, that free roll um, and he's picking up position right across the front line at the moment. You a fan of that? Do you, you prefer him in, in this Michael Beal Rangers side as opposed to what he was asked to do previously? I think
1: so. I think, you know, he's he's certainly a creative boy who wants to try and make things happen, right? We'll, we'll, we'll pick up spaces around the field. I guess the, <laughs> the next piece to this is, okay, well, what's the knock-on effect? You know, is he is he creating more goals in the middle? Is he scoring more goals in the middle? That's not really happened so far. So, well, I think on the surface level, it certainly looks better and feels like a better fit. We've yet to really see that it translates into anything different. Um, you know, being stuck out in the wing, you know, the knock on effect to that is it are be getting you know more connectivity with the strikers out there? Probably not, because he's not a big crosser, right? He's more a you know, cut inside and have a shot guy. Yeah, does it open up more space for full to get round them now? Absolutely. So, of course, that's a good thing, right? We get now. Uh, Barisic is is hopefully going to be more in a, a more familiar role, or certainly playing more to strength. So, I think the the knock on effect is it'll the oh, sorry the ripple effect is rather it will have a, a bigger impact on the rest of the team. But whether it helps him
0: individually now, mm-hmm. um, you know, need we'll to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, an interesting point raised here by Al C. He says, uh, Kent needs a player to challenge him. He's never had that guaranteed starter, never dropped or rested. That's an interesting one because uh, Michael Beale was asked about uh, James Tavernier and, and some of the criticism that he's come in for recently, Ali. Uh, and he says that it's good to have uh, Adam Devine there they're pushing him. Um, I'll just read, read you what he said here. He says, I think he took a high pressure penalty at a big moment in the game and scored. I think Maida got the better of him for the first goal and there were a, a few mistakes in both goals. I thought Maida started the game well and at times I thought Tavernier did well. Uh, that is what happens when you're playing against good players. At times in games you have to tussle through it. James has my full backing. He has a young one now talking about Divine, who is wanting to play and I like James when he has someone breathing down his neck as I think we saw the best of him when Nathan Patterson was chasing him down. I'm sure we'll get a reaction out of Adam as I thought he did Really well th- uh, uh, for three or four games. Likewise, uh, Red Van Yilmaz is back fit. Then Borna has got to, to want that competition. Everyone does, not just James. Uh, the reality is we haven't had that much, and players have not have to not to be worried whether they are going to be playing or not. Um, lots of debate uh, after the game on Monday. Uh, Ali, James you are getting a bit of stick from, from some, uh, suggesting that the Adam Divine deserves an opportunity at uh, right back. What, what, what did you make of that in Bill's comments there? Uh, with regards to, to, to Tavernier and his, his performances recently. I think he's one of a number who have been playing uh, through the pain barrier. He's certainly not been anywhere near uh, the James Tavernier this season, you've got to say, than what 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 we've previously seen.
1: Yeah, it's, listen, it's a tough one with him because, you know, obviously the a club captain, sets yeah. the standards every day in training. I think, you know, to look at this through the lens, right, of... Are they, are they playing him because of who he is? Well, <laughs> the simple answer is yes, that's the case, right? It's If you were to ask all the players who's your best right back, regardless of form, they're all seeing him, right? So I think that's the, the tough part as an outsider looking in is sometimes it's easy to say, well, he's not been playing so well, so we need to replace him. But are we doing it because we feel we need to take him out of the team or are we doing it because the guy coming in is going to be better? And I think it's probably the former there. I think sometimes fans just like to see something new and fresh um, Mm. just because it maybe makes them feel a bit better. But ultimately, mate, he's still one of the best players at the club. He's a standard setter. He's someone everyone looks up to. And it's very, very hard to replace that. Um, Yeah. Could could he be playing better? Of course he could, right? And I think he'd even say that. But it's like anything at, at, at Rangers. You know, we look at everything in microcosms, and his his sixty or seventy percent, I still think is going to be better than than a young lad like Divine. Again, that's no slight on him. That's just where he's at in his career right now. Um, and in, and if there is a situation where the manager feels like Divine's in front of him, and he's certainly training to a higher standard and playing better, he'll be in the team. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, managers don't, you know, e- even as someone as good as Tavernier, they don't pick them out of sentiment. They, they pick to win football games. And when you start not doing that, that's when you lose games, that's when you lose your job.
0: So that's yeah. certainly something that you'll be, you'll be, you know, not looking to, to do either, you know? Yeah. Um, let's get to one or two more comments that are coming in here. Um, there's an interesting one. I wanted to touch on this because it was very interesting what Michael Beale um, was saying. Mark Lawson gets in touch there. Uh, Bill saying signings will appear after Sunday's game against Dundee United. Of course, we are in the January transfer window. He was asked about uh, potential incomings uh, and he said, uh, I want to sit in front of any potential players and look into his eyes. I want to meet a player and tell them exactly what I want and the role we want them to play. Any players recruited are here to do a specific job for our squad. I hope to be moving soon after this weekend's game in terms of bringing people in. The two or three I have spoken to are very keen to come here. Uh, none of the three players I'm speaking to are loan deals. Anyone coming in will be an important player for the next two or three seasons. He was then asked later on um, if uh, uh, midfield is an area of the pitch he's looking to strengthen. I, did, I think he did say that is uh, an area he's looking to bring someone in. All very positive Ali, but uh, uh, it's, it's a tough window isn't it january bringing players in that, that, that he wants to bring in he said it, no loans um so not no no stop gaps or, or short term signings um but it's clear midfield is an area he needs to strengthen this window uh, absolutely mate and and
1: again this is the this is the tough part where you're looking at footballers coming to play for rangers right so there's going to be lots of them like you mentioned there'll be lots of people want to come and play is that guys that are at a lower level and are looking to step up in their career? Is it guys that are playing at a higher level than Rangers and are maybe just looking to get time on the field and drop down a level? So I guess that's the big challenge is you want to bring in someone who's hungry and wants to impress. I guess the biggest piece to that is now is, does it fit within the budget? Is it going to be a guy who's going to come in and, and settle in the dressing room? Is it someone that the players are all going to respect? Is it someone that the players are going to you know potentially fear that he, he could take their place you know so there's there's so many little dynamics within, within recruitment that you need to think of it's not just is he a good footballer because again mate there's a bazillion good footballers out there it's are they going to be here for a couple of years are they using this as a stepping stone so again i think I, what i liked about the sound bite there was he said he looks them all in the eye and it is in is clear on can they play in front of ibrooks, can they, you know, um understand the demands, I guess, because I guess that's the biggest challenge. If you look at a player, let's say, from the the championship or league one in England, I mean you you, you cover that that league extensively, right? You, you know there's lots of good players down there. But yeah. if they're only playing in front of four and five thousand every week and you know they're not getting as much scrutiny as they get up in uh, up in Glasgow, it's it's a it's a tough situation to recruit into um so i guess that's the that's the biggest challenge did he have the personality um to
0: be a rangers player and ultimate mate well you know that's that's the million dollar question right yeah it it made some interesting comments on on the signings it it does go into some fantastic detail does uh, michael Beale? Um, he, he was asked uh, what characteristics do you look for uh, in a rangers player and he did touch on that he says that there are two things on the pitch and off it in terms of are they the right person to come into our environment? Uh, there are a lot of good players out there, uh, just as you touched on, Ali. But will they be the right fit? They have to come to fulfil a very specific role and know what they are doing. Um, he said, "I don't really like changing people. So if I see someone outside who looks good, I think the easiest way to transfer talent is to put the same things around people. You might see, yeah, you might see someone come in who is a ready-made player, or there might be one or two Uh, that may make you think that that is an interesting one. Rangers have done things like that before when there is a a player brought in with him promise, but you will definitely be able to show how a player fits into uh, our team. So he's definitely looking for a specific uh, type of player. Uh, It's a big month. He did say he's he's speaking to uh, two or three players and we should see some movement after uh, the match on uh, Sunday, which will be intriguing. Do you think there'll be any major outgoings this month, Ali? I think the, the big... The one name that keeps propping up uh, as to uh, potentially moving on for a bit of money is, is Glenn Kamara. Um, do you think realistically you can see him moving out out the door at any point?
1: I think the only thing potentially stopping him in this window is, um, you know, Beal's mentioned a couple of times, he's, it's this injury flare-up again. It's, you know, sometimes he'll look fine in a game and it takes him a couple of days rehab. So maybe that speaks to, needing an operation or needing something done. So I think that could be the only thing that, that stops him. Um, he clearly wanted to leave the club in the summer um, and we just, I guess, didn't get the right deal or didn't get, you know, the, the, I guess a deal that would work for us or maybe there wasn't enough time to replace him. Um, so I think that would certainly be the easy one. I guess conversely that, mate, you, you've saw how they speak about him. You know, it's not like they're chasing him out the door either. So I'm not so sure, you know, if if he will leave or not. I think, Definitely, we definitely need to upgrade that position. You know, I think it's it's perhaps getting a little bit stale with him right now and us waiting on him to turn this form around. I'm not yeah. sure that's, you know, potentially the best thing for us. But, you know, hearing what uh, Bill said as well about, um, you know, he wants technical players, that's a given now, right? We've got to figure there's not, not going to be any hammer throwers brought into this midfield, everyone's going to be a good player. But yeah. what I liked was when he said, then, um, you know, <clears throat> Looking for dynamic players, athletic players, you know, that's something I think we've lacked. That that pace. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean I don't mean sort of sprinting pace, but just ability to cover ground quickly, even defensively. Um, and a bit of height. You know, I feel like we've always got the smallest midfields whenever we play in Europe, you know, having having a bit of
0: height in there, giving us some help on set plays as well, I think might be um, you know, might be something good to look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's get to some more of the comments coming in. Firstly, uh, Derek Gray gets in touch. Uh, Any idea when Lawrence is actually back? Is it next month or not? Um, He was asked about that. Uh, Derek, I'll just read uh, read you what uh, he said. Uh, Tom was away seeing a specialist yesterday to just get an idea of what comes next. He has had a little bit of discomfort, so I know we had said he might be on his way back at the end of this month. But that might now be in jeopardy when players come back from rehab. We had Connor Goldson come back three weeks ahead of schedule and sometimes there are delays for other players. Uh, there is no good or bad news with Tom as he is where he is. We still need to get an update on that one. Uh, that doesn't sound too good, Ali. Uh, I think uh, he's one player that certainly Rangers have missed. Uh, he's been out for some time, I think the end of August, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They really could have been doing with him in the last few months. Um, A really unfortunate one with Tom Laund because on his days, he's he's a top player. Yeah,
1: terrific football.
0: Um, I guess the only sort of saving grace in
1: all of this, mate, is that if it was next season he was to come back in, let's say we're to lose Kent, for example, I think he could very much fit into that role right away. I think he could definitely take up that wide left position. Um, But in the meantime, you know, not having a footballer with his qualities is... um, Aye, it's a big blow. I mean, there's been injury issues in the past, so obviously maybe it's a little flare-up of that. Maybe, um, you know, they didn't deal with it so well in the past and maybe there's, a I guess, an apprehension there to go so quickly back in again. They want to try and cover all their bases. Um, you know, I think as well, you know, the way, the way things have went, they are probably right to be overly cautious about this. So when you hear going to specialists, sometimes that can put the frighteners up, fans. Oh, geez, it's another mm-hmm. couple of months. Up, honestly, mate, I think with these type of muscle injuries as well, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, discomfort can come in loads of different ways. So whether it's, uh, you know, he's been doing some running, he's been, you know, maybe been feeling a little bit of office and joint pain on the back of it, because obviously you've been resting up so much when you've got a, a knee injury like that, there's not a ton you can do. So yeah. it's... um uh, it's certainly frustrating, but you know, put herself in that in that lad's shoes. Brand new team, brand new contract, started so well. <coughs> Pardon me. He'll be um, he'll be dying to get back on the field as well, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, he also gave an update on one or two more uh, injured players, folks. I'll just uh, touch on. Uh, on those, he was asked about Phil Hollander. Um, he says he's a fantastic player who, for whatever reason, in the last year and a half has been unable to show it. I thought when he was fit, he was always, always an excellent player for the club. I do not think anyone wants to be injured, and Philip certainly doesn't. I think, on a personal level, while he has been out, his wife has given birth to twins, which is lovely for him uh, as a dad. Uh, you'll know all about that, Ali. That, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I had six he's... months to your Bill right there, by the way. Jeez, oh. <laughs> uh, and he says, We have to remember that he came from Syria and was a full international before the injury. We have to remember that when people are injured, sometimes the perception is that people are happy to be injured. I can tell you that he is not, and he is in rehab every day. I asked him that Nambi off a board as well. Uh, He says his situation is he's still with a specialist, as you can imagine, with that sort of situation. the public and the staff here are not experts. You have to seek specialist advice and get more than one opinion. He has been able to do some physical activity, but the care and the duty in this one is really big. There is no news officially on it. and he It is still in the background. I am up to speed with it all, but there is a bit of privacy with that one as well. And uh, better news with regards to John Souter. Um, he says that uh, he's back in contact training. He was training uh, today. Uh, and he's uh, targeting uh, a comeback in the first team at the end of the month uh, alongside Yanis Hadji uh, as well. Um, and he says that, the, that like the old cliche, alley, there'll be like two new signings. But um, he says he's another one. John Sridhar, he has had his injury problems to seek. He came injured. Beal uh, touched on that. He really shouldn't have played uh, against Livingston. He had. He was in a bit of pain before that game. Um, but it'll be good to have him back. And touch wood, they can keep him clear of injury because uh, he's he's one of many Ibrooks when, when on their day that they're, uh, they're decent players, aren't they? Very much so. and It's um, it's a shame. I mean, there was a story released
1: in Athletic, obviously during the World Cup there, we're actually talking about his brother, um, that they'd lost a, I think it was an older brother, I think he'd lost, um, you know, this sort of autumn, uh, died of motor neurone disease. So there's, you know, obviously a lot of... Personal heartache in there as well as you know the injury piece as well. So, you know, it was interesting when he mentioned though that he, he probably was too honest when he started. He wanted to try and play, so he's playing through the pain at the start of the season. Certainly, given his performance at Livingston that day, it was a you know it was a, a really tough start for the lads. So yeah, he's um, he's clearly a Ranger supporter, right? He wants to be at the club, wants to do well, wants to be successful. So I think how we manage that moving forward, uh, you know, I think we have to be careful. I guess the bigger picture in all of this, mate, is—is is do we see him being a starting player? You no, know, that's something he, need, he probably needs to ask himself. If he sees himself as international, then it's probably not with us. If he's going to, you know, he's not going to start a bunch of games. Um, if they see him as potentially rotating in with a, you know, a left-sided centre-back role, then maybe. But it seems like Golds is there pretty much until Lad falls over, right? So he's his—it's hmm. his, his jersey on the right-hand side has he played a bunch on the left hand side for hearts i don't think so so i guess that's the bigger question is if they see him in the team moving forward where i guess where's it going to be um but in terms of his ability mate and his his qualities of football you know, i don't think that's ever been in doubt right he's a, he's a yeah. terrific defender it's um you know can can we keep him fit and ready
0: i guess the history would would suggest not right now unfortunately yeah he did say that they have taken a little bit of more time with him to make sure he's <laughs> Uh, back 100%. There's no point in coming back and then breaking down uh, again. So uh yeah, here's hoping that come the end of the month that both and suited are back in the reckoning uh, to start. Um, Some interesting points coming in. Firstly, can can someone help Andy Davey out? He gets in touch. Anyone get a spare ticket for Sunday? (laughs) Uh, If if anyone has got a spare for Tannadise, folks, then uh, please get in touch with with Andy uh, and help him out. Uh, And Stephen Nisbet gets in touch. It is transfer window, uh, of course, and and, uh, clubs are able to make signings. Uh, Stephen Nisbet says, uh, Barry Ferguson is saying we should go for Shankland. Warren Shankland Ali, would would you like to see him at Ibrox? <laughs> Do you know a couple of years ago
1: actually when he was um when he was at Air, I think it was before, yeah. before he got he got linked a couple of times. Um and then obviously a the bit better united, right? As well, I think. Yeah. Um again, terrific finisher, really good Premier League player, um, really good lad by all accounts as well. You know, like the guys are, a couple of boys I know of have, have worked with him before. Is he a Rangers player, though, mate? I guess that's the big question, right? Especially now. Maybe a couple of seasons ago coming through and obviously we're still sort of rebuilding. Maybe then I, I think now if we're looking to upgrade the type of forward we've got, um, I think Cholak is a similar type of player to him, probably a little bit higher level, probably played at a yeah. higher level as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not so sure he'd be a good fit right now for for what this particular team needs, but
0: certainly good football. And a, you know, it was a shame we didn't get him when he was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Echo that. Um, right. I think that will do, it there, folks. Before we finish, Ali. I mean, sad news today with the uh, the passing of the great Jan Luca Vialli. What a player um, he was, wasn't he? Of course, uh, Rangers linked, uh, nearly came to close to signing him yeah. back in the '90s before he went to Chelsea. But uh, yeah, sad loss, isn't it? What what a player he was in this day. Terrific player, and you know it's
1: it's interesting. I watched the um, the Italian documentary. I'm Not sure if you've seen it, but it, it followed the the um, Italian team through the the Euros. Um, would have been last summer there. Ah, yeah. And uh, it showed you his impact off the field, and he would address the team before the game, and he's you know he read out this lovely letter to the to the team before they left for the final. Um. And I guess even in that role, as I guess it was team manager, I think he was called more of an administrative role in yeah. coaching. Um, you could see the impact he has on people, and and let's not forget, Derek. You know, it's not something that we noticed a lot in this country, but he brought um, basically a professional level. Of uh, football coverage to Italian television. So when Sky started in sort of mid two thousands, I guess in Italy, he was like the Andy Gray figure, if you like. He was a tactics yeah. guy. He was, you know, a big part of football broadcasting in that country. So his his, his effect has went obviously far beyond just being a great player. And um, I've I've got a couple of copies of his book. Actually, I've, I've I usually share it out with people that you know that we come in at the club and work with just as a sort of, you know, a little thing that we, we do with our staff. He's got the Italian job and he, he wrote a book with Gab Marcotti. it was actually based on a coaching thesis that he'd would he done in um, Coversiano in, in Italy when he was doing his coaching badges. Really, really well thought guy. Great, great coach and speaks a little bit about the differences between British and Italian football. It's, it's very, very interesting if, you know, the guys want to go off and know, have a little look for it. Um, but no terrific football and a real real sad you know way to to lose someone's an awful disease obviously yeah. and it's um you know taking far too many people
0: yeah yeah it really is a sad loss just uh 58 uh, as well wow. and, and touching on that i was, was quite fortunate it was at the that euros final i, I did see him he, he looked uh, proud as punch when he was there at the end of the game holding the, the trophy and posing for, for photographs with uh, italian supporters and it didn't look like he he was in. Uh, he was having that that battle, of course, uh, with cancer. But uh, as Pete Lawrence says, a very sad news. Iconic striker. He certainly knew where the back of the net was. Uh, he mm-hmm. was he was a top top player and a, a top human being as well. So yeah, a very sad loss. Uh, Jan, Jan- Luca Vialli. Um, okay, folks, that'll do. Is there thanks to everyone for getting in touch with the program. It's very much appreciated. Thanks to Ali uh, for stepping up to the plate. Uh, thank you, Ali. What, what's the score prediction for Sunday?
1: Good question, mate. I'm I'm hoping it's on a clean sheet, and I'm
0: hoping for a couple of goals. So I'm going for a two 0 one. Yeah, I'll be happy with that uh, as well. Okay, folks, um, Joshua will be uh, covering the game for us on Sunday. So we'll be there with all the the usual pre-match build-up, team news reaction, uh, as well as uh, the post-match stuff as well. So keep your eyes peeled on the website and also our social media channels uh, as well. Uh, And uh, myself, I'll be back again on Monday. So enjoy the rest of your Friday and your weekend. Bye for now.